Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Why do they call it the graveyard shift? Why do they call it Black Friday? Why are they called the Twin Cities? There are all sorts of these little phrases in our language whose meanings are not immediately clear when you hear them. I mean, if you search, you usually can find out exactly where the phrase comes from, but not always. The term Good Friday is certainly one of those phrases, though it's pretty familiar to us Christians. Most people who have researched this think that the term good was added to the Friday before Easter because in the language, good was simply a synonym for holy. This day, then, was called Good Friday in order to remind the people that unlike all the other Fridays, that this Friday would be a day that was holy, meaning that they would gather to worship on that day, just as we are doing here tonight. There are others who think this day was actually called God's Friday very early on in the church, and that as it was translated into different languages at different times, it simply got mistranslated into good. But whatever the case truly is, we know that in modern usage, you and I call this day Good Friday because we know well that what Jesus did on this day was very good for us. However, those who only have some sort of casual understanding of what it is that we gather to celebrate this night, they indeed might be confused about why we would use the word good at all. I mean, if you simply read something that described a crucifixion, or if you were to watch a television show or a movie that visually depicted it, good would certainly not be the word that one would use to describe it. And everything that happened before the actual crucifixion of Jesus, well, that only would add to the confusion of why the word good would be used. What's good about injustice being carried out by those who have been given authority? What is good about violence being inflicted by those who have the power to do so? What is good about beating and whipping and mocking? A few weeks ago, I went over to visit Jim Meyer after he returned home from the hospital. And after we celebrated the Lord's Supper together, as I was leaving, Audrey called my attention to a plant she had there in her living room. It was something I'd never seen before. In fact, it was something I didn't even know existed. Indeed, this crown of thorns has become almost the chief symbol of Good Friday. And yet it had never really occurred to me what plant might have been used to make that crown of thorns that went upon Christ's head. But that plant that Audrey was showing me was, in fact, the plant that most people believe would have actually been the plant that would have been crafted into that crown of thorns that was placed on Jesus' head. That's so true that gardeners today simply call that plant the crown of thorns plant, or the Christ plant, or the Christ thorn. Audrey was given that plant after it had made its way all the way over from the Holy Land. That plant is here tonight, and I hope you got a chance to look at it 
at least for a moment, as you walked in. For that plant, indeed, has two very distinct parts. The first is the branch, or the stems. They are, indeed, covered in thorns. In fact, when you see it, it kind of makes you cringe, thinking of what those thorns would have done to the scalp of Jesus. Yes, we know that that crown of thorns brought agony to Jesus, and seeing it in front of your eyes helps it really sink in how bad it would have been. But the second part of that plant is the top of the plant, with its vibrant green leaves and with its beautiful pink flowers. They almost seem like they shouldn't sit there on top of the rest of that plant. They shouldn't be there with those thorny branches. Those leaves and flowers are simple but yet beautiful. And those two parts, they seem to stand in stark contrast to one another. One part sort of makes you want to take a step back, and the other makes you want to take a step forward to look closer. One part speaks of pain, and the other part of beauty. And perhaps that is why this was the perfect plant that might have been used on such a horrid and yet beautiful day. Tonight, we would do ourselves great harm if we left here tonight not focusing on both parts of Good Friday. If we didn't focus both on the horrid nature of what happened that day and also the beautiful thing that came forth because of it. I think in one way, every time we ponder this account, we are tempted by Satan to only take one of those two parts to heart. And I don't think he really cares which one you take to heart. He just doesn't want you to get the two put together. We are tempted, on one hand, to simply take in the brutality and the violence alone. To put it in the image of the plant, we are tempted to simply look at the thorns. But if we do this, our minds can get quite twisted. Our minds can be more twisted than those thorns ever were. In fact, in recent years, atheists have been trying to make the case that if what you and I believe happened on Good Friday, well, they say that would be nothing more than a case of divine child abuse. They say that if the father truly subjected his son to such agony and suffering, well, then he would not be worthy of worship at all. And in one sense, of course, They would be right if God had done this without cause or without care or without necessity. But the danger for us of simply focusing on the thorns is a little bit different. If we simply focus on the thorns and the brutality and the violence that Jesus suffered, you and I can end up leaving here tonight simply deep in a pit of despair. I mean, after all, if we truly ponder all that Jesus endured, and if we know that this was because of us, where else could we end up? And if this is all there is to our Good Friday meditation, if it is just that there is a brutal reminder of our sins, well then we should petition to remove the word good from Friday forever. Call it bad Friday instead. Call it terrible, horrid Friday for Jesus and for us. 
However, if we go to the other side and only look at the beauty of this day, we can miss the point as well. If we remember that something good happened on Good Friday, but we don't really dwell on what it took to deliver that good to us, well, we can end up not really getting what happened. We can sort of just walk away humming Jesus loves me without even really thinking what that looks like in real life. We can end up hanging polished and shiny crosses on the walls of our homes and across our chests, even without remembering what it is that Christ endured on that cross and the fact that it was our sins that demanded he suffer in such way. And if we do this, if we think only of the beauty of the day and forget the pain, well, we can soon think that Jesus somehow earned our salvation easily. That this is just another story that you should throw in the Sunday school books to keep our children occupied. If we believe that it was not a great and grave thing that God went through for us in the flesh, well, then we will never treasure that day, this day, as we ought. No, the whole of the plant is needed, the thorns and the flowers. The whole of Good Friday is needed, the beauty and the pain. The whole of Jesus is needed, beaten and bloodied and yet beautiful to all to look to, who look to him in faith. So yes, look at the thorns for a while tonight. Understand that God took upon himself to let his son endure great agony because of you and your sins. Understand that none of the things you heard about tonight would have had to have happened if you did not daily rebel against the Father. Understand that the Father does punish the Son, not because he is uncaring, but rather instead because justice demanded that he do so for your sins. Let those thorns rip your heart open before God this night. But then look up. Look up to the cross. Look up to the vibrant green leaves and the pink flowers. Declare that this day indeed is good because on it your sins were paid for and therefore they will no longer be held against you. Declare this day is good because the Father now is able, instead of pouring out his wrath upon you, to shower you with his mercy. Declare this day is good, because Christ's thorny death brought forward for you new and vibrant life. It almost makes one wonder if God the Creator back in the Garden of Eden didn't personally craft this plant to look just like it is, because he knew thousands of years later it would be used upon his son, and that even thousands of years later, you and I would use it to ponder both the pain and the beauty of this day. Perhaps God the Creator made it, because also being God the Redeemer, he knew it would be needed. And also being God the Sanctifier, he wanted us to be holy. When it comes to that plant that was used, and whether God crafted it just so back in the garden, well, those things will have to leave in the realm of perhaps. But when it comes to the cross itself and what Jesus did there, 
there all the perhaps go away. It is certain. God the Creator there redeemed you and made you holy through the blood of His Son, Jesus. Why do we call it Good Friday? Well, you know. Well, it was terrible and horrid indeed. It is for you and for me the source of every good. Jesus has died, and we live. Thorns abounded, but flowers bloomed. Amen.